You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 123 with Krista Miller from Summer in a Box. Thank you for joining me, Krista. Thanks for having me, James. I'm excited to be here and nerd out about summers with you. Yeah, uh, it's it's such a cool topic. I love uh, the whole idea of virtual summits. I've wanted to run... I've, run one for a while, but I'm also way too lazy and do too many things as it is. And I, <laughs> I, <can> see- <laughs> yeah. and I see that like your training for running virtual summits and like how, you know, it's like, you should start getting ready three months in advance. I'm like, I'm not doing three months of anything, but, um, I, we are here to say how important that is. I think like a potential, um, really good marketing channel for digital agencies. Um, you know, I could, I can get behind something for three months if I think it's going to be worth it for my business. And in this case, if I was running an agency, I think it would, uh, in fact, uh, my previous guest, uh, Andy Cabasso, who, uh, we actually spoke about link building. One of the potential topics was going to be, uh, how he ran a virtual summit, uh, to just explode his own agency, right? And I was like, you know, maybe we should talk about link building because I have someone else who's very good at summits. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, guys, yeah, if you don't, uh, if you haven't already heard of Krista, she's it's summitinabox.co. And uh, we go way back, don't we, Krista? Seriously, I'm trying to think how many years back it is, but like I was running a different business, do- mm-hmm. collaborating in totally different ways. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. I think you were one of the first ever users of Content Snare. That sounds right. I think a friend like emailed and was like, look at this cool thing. You should talk to this person. And, uh, <laughs> like, pod- you, wait, I think you were on my podcast. Yeah. Or we tried. You are on summits for me. Lots of affiliate type collaborations. So all yeah. kinds of Yeah, so it's really cool to catch up with you again, Uh, this time recording the conversation so our listeners can get um, some awesome stuff out of running virtual summits. So let's just start with a little bit of introduction uh, about, I guess, how you got into this. Yeah, so I started, my first business started in 2015 and I was doing WordPress development for brand and web designers. And I had gotten to the point after a couple years where I was like, this is cool. Like I'm getting clients. It's mostly fun, but like, now what, you know, I've never been someone to, to find something that works and just be cool with it. Like I want another thing to do. And so like the idea of a summit was kind of in the back of my mind for a while, but at that time they were kind of newer. We were moving from like the tele summit idea to the actual, what we know today as a virtual summit. And I remember telling my friends like, wow, these are really gross. I hope these never become a thing because I hate it. (laughs) Like, so I was just kind of watching and that kind of held me back for a while. I was like, this could really help me like, you know, book out my services further. Cause at the time I was booking clients as I needed them, but it was like, I need a client tomorrow. I hope I can find one. Oh, good. Look, here's an email. Whew. That's nice. Uh, Yep. Know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. So I wasn't like booking in advance. And seriously, after fighting with myself for months about this, I was like, okay, let's give it, give it a try, you know, put my own spin on it, 
take the pressure off. I felt like also terrified because mm-hmm. I did not have a huge email list. I was not an influencer. I did not know all the people. And I was like, am I going to pitch speakers? And they're just going to sit and read this email and laugh at me and be like, who does she think she is to host a summit? Luckily, none of that happened. So I did host my first summit for my web development business in 2018. And my goal was basically to get a little bit more visible, you know, make some more connections with people who I would have been kind of internet stalking, maybe like, you know, growing my email list by a couple hundred people would be pretty sweet. I was hoping, hey, if I make two or 3000 bucks, that would be cool. You know, just a little bonus, make sure I break even on this thing. Um, and I ended up like tripling my email list. I made these connections with people who literally would never have talked to me otherwise and made $16,000 on my first summit. And like at the time, my business was bringing in maybe $4,000 a month. So making 16,000 bucks on an event, I was like, what is this magic? Like, (laughs) And you know, I, I didn't plan to do anything with it, but over the course of the next few months, I was getting such consistent emails and social media messages from people being like, hey, can you teach me how to do that? Because that was awesome. This was the best time I've ever been a part of. Can you show me how to do it? And I was like, no, that was so much work. I'm not going to show you how to do that. (laughs) Um, But here we are. They wore me down. So after about six months, I was like, fine, I will give you guys my process, see what it looks like, and we'll see what happens. And you know, they loved it. And I was like, wow, this is like a really in-demand thing that people need help with. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there helping with it, but they're very different from me. Um, it's more bro markety type stuff. Oh man, and, there's so much of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I am not that. So I feel like it was an, like something needed in the industry, the more personal feel, more focused on connection and, you know, focusing on what other people need from your event mm-hmm. in order for you to see profits and benefits. And like, it just kind of exploded. So nice. that's how I got to where I am. I love helping people with that. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I'd like to highlight a few things you said there because, you know, I'm sure that people, uh, we'll get into this later, you know, like thinking people tend to go straight into like limiting beliefs, right? Like, oh, I don't have a big enough email list for this. Like I, I'm reaching out to people that don't know me, but you kind of just said you had all of those things going against you, right? Like you didn't, you didn't know the people you're just internet stalking them. Um, you know, you didn't have a huge email list, all that kind of stuff. And I think that you kind of mentioned that, but didn't kind of glossed over. It was just like at the time, virtual summits did have a really bad name. Like I saw a lot of serious speakers um, that just wouldn't like, they were just like, I'm so sick of getting pitched for these all the time. Like they're so crap because they'd arrive with this like laundry list of things. Like the pitch would be like, you can come and speak and you will give us this and you will give us this and you will promote it to your entire email list. And like, and it was just like, take, 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 take. And I honestly remember seeing you get into this and going like, oh no, I don't know what's going to happen. And then you crushed it. And, uh, and now we don't really have any of that as like a negative because it's expected now. Virtual events are expected, right? So if someone's listening to this and like going, oh no, I couldn't do that because of X, Y, Z. Ah, man, I just, I call BS. Um, you know, I've had people going nuts for virtual summits at the moment because it's just, well, number one, it's the only way to do it. And because we can't have in-person events, uh, but it's also, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to become a bit more normal and there's nothing wrong with like watching a summit as long as the, the, um, 
information is helpful, right? Like I've done some amazing ones. Like I've seen uh, Jan Cox is running them. I don't know if you know, he is WP summit. I think it was called. And you know, like um, even uh, Lee Jackson kind of made his go virtual. Like, I don't know. I've just seen so many successful ones happening. And uh, like for me now, it's just like totally validated as an amazing channel. Um, Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, to anyone thinking like I'm like starting to write this off, um, yeah. So I think what you've done too is like you kind of touched on it there too. Is it making it more personal and a, like a what's in it for them? But the, you've got like three things. It's like what's in it for you running it, what's in it for the speakers, and what's in it for the attendees. Now, how do you get that? Like, how do you make that work? Yeah. So this is something that I figured out on accident with my first summit with I think it's like my personality type where I really focus on other people like like I said my goal was to make 2000 bucks I didn't have the biggest goals for myself ever I wanted to like put on this awesome event so people would know who I was and want to you know have an ongoing relationship or you know work with me down the road so I think because of that I got it right the first time. And then the feedback I got afterwards kind of cemented it for me where I was having people email me be like, this is the best event I've ever been to because of XYZ. I was having trouble putting food on the table before. And now, you know, I have three clients lined up, things like that. And I was like, holy smokes. Like if I can help other people benefit and focus on that, that's all I need to have a successful event. And so that's kind of where I have put my focus with all of my strategy is start planning with your people first. And your people are your attendees and your speakers. And shifting to the speaker side a little bit, because you mentioned there are still so many people out there who are like, I am never speaking at a summit because they've had crappy experiences. Mm -hmm. But when you can give your speakers a heck of an experience and make it easy for them Mm -hmm. and get them excited about it, that brings you so much further because if they're excited they're going to want to talk to their people about it. They're going to want to promote it. You're not going to have to have any silly promotion requirements because they will genuinely want to put it in front of your people. Mm. So focusing on making the other people happy, the speakers is kind of what we're talking about here, but the attendees Mm. too will automatically come back and benefit you. So I kind of focus on the baseline strategy for myself, but from there I'm focused outward on the other people because it always comes back. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, So... And like, though, what, so what do you say to a speakers though? Like if, especially someone who might be a little bit jaded, uh, like how do you get them involved? So I haven't, I'm trying to think of I've ever, I don't think I've ever pitched someone. I've pitched over a hundred speakers at this point. I've never had someone come back and be like, I hate summits. This is the worst, hmm. but it might be the way I pitch too. You know, I'm not pitching and doing, like you said, my first summit, I might've had more of a laundry list, but now I'm not being like, I need all of these crazy things from you and you get some exposure. I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> you know, that's not what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the fact that something I really focus on is having a really specific audience for a summit and a very specific goal. So we are solving a problem for these people through a summit helps a lot because then when you reach out to a speaker with that same audience, they're like, Ooh, okay. I'm at least interested. Even if I'm not the biggest fan of summits, there's going to be hundreds or thousands of people that I want to get in front of here. Let's pay attention. Mm-hmm. And from there they can see, Oh, they're not requiring all these things for me. I need to hop on an interview or create a quick 20 minute presentation. 
I can talk about a freebie if I want to. I don't have to do all this other crazy stuff. If there's promotion requirements, maybe it's like one email to a segment of your email list that makes sense and maybe a social media post. And then from there, you list out the rest of the benefits, you know, Um, point out how they can grow their list, how they can make, if you're going to pay them, how much you're going to pay them, or if you can give them good affiliate commissions. Like, but I think the biggest part of all that ties back to having the right summit audience and topic and your relationships with those people. So I don't send a lot of cold pitches anymore. Like I, since I run summits regularly, I plan for that. If I see someone, I'm like, oh, they could make a good summit speaker. I'm going to start talking to them casually before I'm even planning my next summit because relationships are huge. People that have a relationship with you will do so much more for you and try so much harder than someone you just cold pitched, you know? So all of those things kind of tie together. It's not like, you know, this one little thing you can do to make speakers say yes, but making it easy, having a specific audience and topic and relationships are a big part of it. Yeah. And like as someone who's been asked, you know, several times for summits, like there are, you know, it it honestly depends a little bit on when that email hits me. Like sometimes I'll just be so damn busy. It's just like, I can't do this right now. And and that's fine. Um, But what I do like is that most summits, like especially if they're in different audiences, um, a lot of them will allow to reuse like my previous presentation, right? So I've done, I think I've done maybe three different presentations now for summits. Um, but I've been able to reuse that one on several, um, you know, and, and th- in that case, it becomes a very easy process for me, right? Because obviously the hardest part is planning out a talk and doing it. Um, but let's go back to the start. Like, let, talk about like a, an agency who wants to run a virtual summit. And let's let's assume that it's just to build their agency, right? They don't want to make a whole lot of money on, on the... Uh, you know, summit itself, where, where should people start? I'm guessing you, you mentioned audience. So that's probably a good start. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like everyone like just wants me to stop talking about this at some point, but starting with your audience is so important. And I see so many summits where it's like, this is a summit for online business owners or for females or for moms. You know, I'm in a more female based audience that I'm like, no, that's not how we do it. The more specific you can get with your summit audience, the better. And for a lot of you, that might mean that your summit is for a more specific audience than your business as a whole. Like for Summit in a Box, I kind of target all all online business owners are kind of my audience. But I just ran a summit a couple months ago for course creators because it was a very specific piece of my audience, maybe even still a little bit too broad. Uh, But I could make an event that caught their attention so much more. Where if we see a summit for like online business owners to grow their business, cool, I'm not signing up for that. (laughs) But, you know, I hosted a summit for uh, course creators to reach their biggest course launch yet with a virtual summit. We caught the attention of the right people for that and Mm. it converted very well for us on the back end. So I always say, you know, if you're targeting a broader audience, uh, start by looking at what subsets, what categories of people are in that audience. What are most of your, do like your clients tend to lean one way or the other? Are there people you enjoy working with more than others? Are there people you just kind of feel more connected to with others? Host your summit for that category. And people get so caught up in this. It's like, I don't want to leave anyone out, you know, all this stuff. But it is so worth it to leave people out so you can create (laughs) a much better experience for the people the event is crafted for. And Mm -hmm. it converts so much better on the back end. Like uh, for the summit we just ran, 
Like our, we did a live webinar at the end to sell. It was a product, not a service. But the live webinar converted at 40% for a $2,000 product because we were so niched in. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely where I want you to start if your goal (laughs) is to book out your services after. Like so. Yeah, absolutely. And I just had like a bit of a, a thought here. So, um, most we've had so many topics on so many uh, guests on this podcast about niching down, right, for agencies. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, all the experts talk about niching down. I don't think it's an absolute requirement um, for agencies. Like, I am a little bit contrarian on that, but obviously, it makes a lot of things easier, like marketing and whatever. But when you have a summit, like, I feel like if you know that audience so well already, like running a summit is going to be a lot easier because you're probably going to have contacts. Like if you, I know, I think Andy did one for lawyers or something, right? So he probably had contacts in the lawyer space already that he could ask to speak. He had, uh, you know, at least a small subset of lawyers that he could um, invite or that might invite other people or whatever. Um, It occurred to me though, that this could be a really good starting place to find a niche in a way, you know, like a lot of people struggle to get into a niche because they think, again, they're going to alienate everyone else um, from their agency. But having the summit separate, like you can, you can still have your agency that's like serving other people and then just have a virtual summit for lawyers. That could be the way you like test out the waters for this new uh, niche that you want to go after. I don't know. That's just me thinking out loud. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of that idea. <laughs> that's one way to do it for sure. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, obviously, you should have a pretty good idea of like that's an industry that you'd like to work with, or you know, you've already got a few lawyers that you work with, and now you want to like just sort of solidify this as your niche. But I think that's a sort of great way to accelerate that process. You know, like um, that there's like this gap between like, oh, I've got five lawyers on my books and I like if I niche down to lawyers then I'm going to alienate the other 95% or whatever uh, before we get there but I feel like that could be just like the punch through you know to get lots more lawyers on the books and and become a specialist anyway just my thoughts (laughs) and I don't think anyone necessarily like feels left out when they see you do something cool for a different party audience. Yeah. You know, if you have an email list, send a couple emails that let people click to let you know who, who they are and mm. cool. Don't email the other people about it. <laughs> something awesome for a really specific piece of your audience. It's so much more powerful. Yeah. And the reason is because when you are able to host something for a specific audience, then you can narrow in on a pain point they have. So I could have said, I'm hosting a summit to help you grow your business with a virtual summit. Kind of lame. Instead, mm-hmm. I said, reach your biggest course launch yet with a virtual summit. I couldn't have done that if I was doing it for a wider audience. Mm-hmm. So when you do narrow in, you're able to focus on a really specific pain point those people have. You want it to be related to the same you know, uh, pain point you solve with your services. But you're able to narrow in on that pain point and host a summit specifically around that, which just makes it so much more beneficial. It's easier to promote. It's easier for you to write copy for. Easier to find speakers for. It converts higher. Like, it's the way to go, even though it's a little tough up front to figure it mm. out sometimes. Cool. So, I, I guess I'm trying to develop, like, a set of steps people can go through here. And obviously, mm-hmm. we'll be here all day if we create, like, a whole thing out of it. But just, like... In the preparation, what other steps are there? So we've got the um, you know audience sorted. What else do people need to do to prepare? Yeah, so 
backing up a step a little bit, I like people to spend some time figuring out what their project process is going to look like, what the timeline is going to look like. Because a virtual summit isn't something you want to say, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And you just like dive in. So like, you know, spend some time mapping it out. What's the project going to look like? What do I need to do? When do I want to do it? I really like beg my people, please give yourself 90 days to host a summit. A lot of people don't listen to me, but I just really wish everybody would. Give yourself time so that you can pay attention to those details. So you can give your speakers and attendees an awesome experience. So you're not feeling rushed and stressed all throughout the process, you know? So backing up that step, step one. Um, the next one is like related to your, your website. So you need a website that can, um, you know, host like your registration page, sales pages, stuff like that, integrate with a cart. I, I do recommend selling an all-access pass, even if your goal is to grow your agency. Selling a lower price, you know, all-access pass, 47 to $200 is a good way to get people in the door, get that first just sale to, with you. Just to clarify that, because in case people don't know a whole lot about yeah. a virtual summit, so... My understanding is that, like, yeah, people can log on and watch it live as it gets sort of streamed through. And there's lots of different tools that can do this for you. Like, you don't need to set up your own streaming service, uh, which I'm sure we can get into. But the All Access Pass gives them access later, right, to recordings and stuff later. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for making me slower down there. (laughs) Um, So, like, the way uh, I have most of my people do it is... For when someone registers for free, they can get access to the presentations for 24 hours. Right. And then after that, they buy the all-access pass. And some people say your all-access pass gets you access for six months, a year, ongoing, lifetime. You know, I'm, say- I'm saying that with air quotes. Hmm. Um, but basically, it's giving them ongoing access. But your website needs to be able to handle selling and delivering that and then, like, email integration so you just don't just another quick thing um that yeah. i thought was kind of cool is i've seen some summits get speakers to throw in like a freebie that's well, not a freebie or a, a thing that's part of the all access pass that makes it easier to sell i like that oh, i like that idea yeah. i've given oh, things you yeah. know like several months of content snare or whatever yeah. um yeah do you manage wordpress sites for your clients if so you should probably check out wp remote it's a central platform to manage all of your sites in one place That includes security, malware, uptime monitoring, and it's even got a built-in staging system. But my favorite feature is the visual regression system that will give you an alert if something breaks on an update so you can get in there and fix it. It was created by the same people behind BlogVault and Melcare. Now, BlogVault is one of the best backup plugins I've used, and it's also trusted by some of the biggest WP maintenance agencies out there like GoWP, WP Buffs, WP Valet. So if these guys rely on it, you know it's rock solid. You can try WP Remote for free and get 10% off any of the paid offerings by going to wpremote.com highway. Now let's get back to the show. So that's something I did um, with my first, well, with all of my summits. And I think it's a big part. Maybe they're getting this from you. That's, that's I mean, all I, think me. They're, I honestly <laughs> do think they're getting it from me. <laughs> I'm glad it's a thing now, though. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've done this for all my summits. So industry standard for an all-access pass conversion rate is 3 to 5%. So that's pretty lame, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my summits, and my students are seeing this, too, are converting between, like, 12 and... 19% for the all access pass because of the speaker bonuses, because of speakers throwing in, you know, templates or, you know, month trials or memberships, mini courses, workbooks, like 
that's what sells. It's mm. not like ongoing access to the presentations. People don't care about that. <laughs> like you need mm. to give them that too, but that's not what, what's going to sell something. That's so, awesome. There you go. Bonuses are awesome. And it's also <laughs> a way for your speakers to grow their email list. So, you know, someone goes and enters their coupon code for this speaker's thing. Now your speaker has that email address. So it's a way for them yeah. to get hundreds of extra email addresses from participating too. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So once you've done the, like, I guess the tech setup now, do you have a couple of tools that people could go and check out? So my recommendation is to literally use what you already use. Like there's no need to go start using some other platform. You don't need anything summit specific. Uh, I've hosted all my summits on WordPress because I'm a WordPress developer, Right. Uh, you know, but I've had people host them everywhere. Squarespace, Kajabi, there are specific summit hosting tools. I don't love any of them because I feel like they're very limiting and you're stuck in someone else's box, which Mm. drives me nuts. But, you know, I have not run into anything that doesn't work. Yeah. So just on that, actually, like you spoke before about making things really simple for your speakers. I can tell you that uh, Hey Summit as a speaker is kind of crap. Like Hey Summit is the one that I think it was on AppSumo or something. So I've been invited to that one a few times. And like the speaker experience is rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. The host experience is a little limiting as well. Right. Yeah. I wish I could love it, but I don't right now. So... Uh, this is a little bit technical, but if you're using WordPress, like, I guess, you, are you not making things go live at a certain time? Are you just kind of making it all available for 24 hours? Or, like, how does that work? So, I I use, like, just the regular WordPress pages and schedule the pages to go live when I want them oh. to. And then I use Deadline Funnel to expire them and send them to, like, a, hey, this presentation expired page. Oh. There's also, like, the Hurry Timer plugin that you can... Oh, that's super easy. There you go. Like, that's such an awesome, like, example of keep it simple. (laughs) Yep, Yep, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And because WordPress is pretty much set up for this kind of thing. You know, it's got users and you can have editors, you know, like access, people log in to access. Like, it's it's all there already. So if you are an agency that are using WordPress, then you're probably going to have a fairly easy time setting something like this up and not needing a whole nother platform. That is awesome. All right, so technical stuff sorted. Um, what's next? So next, I would say, is speaker outreach. So, you know, I like to have people connect with speakers before pitching them just because mm-hmm. it's going to depend on your personality type. For me, I feel really gross when I just cold pitch them. It doesn't feel great to me. Mm-hmm. But if I've chatted with them a couple of times on, like, Instagram, I guess, would be my platform of choice, I feel a whole lot more comfortable being like, hey, love chatting with you about your cat last week. You know, Mm. it was good to connect and then go into the thing. So if you can connect with people first, do that. But then it comes time to pitch your speakers. And with that, I'll say it's really tempting to reach out to speakers that you know and feel comfortable with. Because pitching can be the hardest part of the process for a lot. Because there's just a lot of mindset junk that goes Mm -hmm. into asking someone to do something for you, especially for free. Um, So, yeah, there's that don't get speakers who are necessarily your friends. Look for speakers who have the same target audience as your summit. And I mean, get very specific. Mm -hmm. So another summit I run is for brand and web designers. I am only reaching out to speakers as much as I can who sell something to brand and web designers. I'm not doing like online business owners, creative business owners, anything like that, Mm -hmm. specifically looking for people. Well, they know the audience, right? 
yep, and they have the audience and will bring the audience mm. and will, can convert the audience. So <laughs> yeah. it's so, so worth it to get uncomfortable and find those people. Do your digging to find the right people and do your outreach. You mentioned Good. there about like building relationships too, right? And you covered that earlier as well. And like, I'm huge on relationships, right? It's probably one of the biggest parts of my business. In fact, Wednesday, it's Wednesday today. It's my relationships day. Like it's literally just like reaching out to people and be like, Hey, what's up? You know, and keeping, keeping these things intact. Even yeah. if you've only connected with someone very briefly, it's still so much easier to pitch someone on anything, right? Even for this podcast, like instead of writing a thing like, would you like to come on my podcast? We'll put you in front of da, 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 and have this like big, big pitch. It's like, hey, man, you interested in uh, coming on my podcast? Like, yeah. I think it'd be really helpful. Like this topic we spoke about, you know, it's like a two sentence yeah. pitch. And they're like, yeah, I'll be down. And then you like you then you do the all the details or just like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like pitches are a lot easier when you've even like there's a guy I met literally yesterday and that's kind of the the thing we're on now you know the wavelength we're on now it's just so easy to chat because yeah. we had we had a, just an in-person catch-up because he found us on the internet and was like hey it looks like you live in the same city as me when i have a catch-up and he's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks you know like right. the relationships are everything so i just kind of wanted to emphasize that because once you've done this once yeah that's gonna it's gonna be hard but like the second third Whatever, these probably going to be a lot easier. <laughs> oh my gosh, a fraction. Like, there's so much stuff you don't have to do again. Like, mm. literally, the speaker outreach is mm. the only piece you really have to do over completely, mm. you know? Um, so, yeah. And if you've been building the relationships, then, you know, that speaker yeah, outreach is not going to be very difficult. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so you do your speaker outreach. And then, see, a lot of people think that the speaker outreach is the hard part. But what's actually hard is now you have to deal with those people and get <laughs> things from them and get them on time and keep them organized. So, like, speaker management is what I would say is the next part of the process. Um, I use Content Snare <laughs> to get all the content from my speakers. It's just so much easier to not have to be chasing down, like, 30 people and be like, hey, I noticed you didn't do this. And then, oh, this person did, okay, oh, this person's missing this, let's go email them. Oh my goodness, such a headache. So, like, automating as much of the speaker management process as possible is so important. <laughs> you, you know, you actually made me have a real big realization about Content Snare itself. Because yeah. we were always like, uh, Content Snare is mainly if you need a lot of information from someone. Like, if you only need a small inf amount of information from someone, you're better off just using a form, right? But what I didn't realize is if you need a small amount of information from a lot of people, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that makes sense because yeah, then it does all the follow-up and stuff. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's like opened my mind actually. Like I remember talking to you a while back and it opened my mind to go, that is a whole nother lot of use cases for Content Snare. So thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like seriously saved my sanity. So yeah, speaker <laughs> management stuff, always fun. Expect to have to fight with people to get stuff. Expect people to be late. But that is what I would say is the next part of the process. Nice. Um, next up, I would say, is engagement. So planning out, once people are signed up for your summit, then what? Because what you don't want is for people to sign up and be, like, excited about this thing for a second when they enter their email address and then be like, don't care about this anymore and not hear <laughs> from you, like, until it starts. Or, you know, they get bombarded with emails from you, but there's no way for them to interact so engagement is such a big part of an event, and especially if you want them to move forward and want to work with your agency. Mm. 
So important. So I do this through a free community. I always just use Facebook groups because the audiences I've run summits for are on Facebook. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of dependent on your audience. It's going to be really hard to get them anywhere else. Hey? Like, yeah, I just, exactly. oh, I wish there was an alternative. Like a big part yeah. of me is just like, I want to create Facebook groups as a standalone product. But, you know, to get that to work, you would need many millions of dollars <laughs> it's basically a two-sided marketplace but you know like there's other really good community products out there like um like circle.so is making the rounds but mm-hmm. good luck getting like a random accountant to use that yeah and that's my biggest thing i usually say facebook and people fight back which is why i say or something else because mm. i don't want to be on facebook it was like okay good luck getting thousands of people to make an account on a different platform and figure out how to use it. Have fun with that customer service. Yeah, exactly. I don't right. want to do Again, like it comes down to things being easy. And unfortunately, <laughs> everyone's already there. So it is yeah. the easiest one. Yeah. So we got engagement. From there, I would say promotion. Um, so this is huge. It's kind of where it all comes together. The most important part of promotion is focus on your speakers. So yeah, you should be sending emails promoting on social media to any audience you have. If you're comfortable with Facebook ads, run the heck out of those, but support your speakers. And that means having swipe copy. They can copy and paste ready to go. Graphics they can use. Um, A sharing schedule. So I even have like a calendar I give my speakers. Like I recommend sending this email on this day and stuff like that. So they literally don't have to think about promotion or they can take what I send them, send it to their VA and be like, hey, can you do this thing? Mm -hmm. Because the less they have to do and think about it, the more likely they are to promote. And that's what we need. need Again, there it is. Making it easy for people. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's the goal. (laughs) Um, So then I would say you're at the live event from there. And... Live event week, please have your schedule clear. Don't schedule calls. If you can have like someone bring you food, because cool. <laughs> you want to be able to like sit and watch the tech, make sure nothing's breaking, answer people's questions as they come in, engage, like be in the Facebook group, because that's where you'll end up, like talking to your people, answering questions, hyping up your speakers, Mm. because the more you're doing that, the more other people are seeing that, and they're like, okay, I'm going to go in there and talk to you. I'm going to go get engaged, like engaged with this event too. So just kind of setting aside some time, or all the time during the week to uh, interact with the event. Mm. Of course, huge. Yeah, I just had a, a, a vision there of like sitting back while getting fed grapes while I have some people f- fan me with uh, ferns or something. <laughs> he said, you "Go." You took get- it a step further, but I'm a big fan. Oh yeah. So okay. Um, one thing I've enjoyed as a speaker, and I'm sure you you uh, you know encourage this as well, is having like. Is this, is this normal to have the speaker there while their presentation is playing live? Because I guess that's, in case it isn't obvious to people listening, generally it's a pre-recorded presentation that's just playing. But then the speaker can be there live, right? And, yeah. And, and chatting with the audience. Now, how do you manage that? Is that just in the Facebook group? So I have always done that with like a chat box embedded in yeah, this presentation cool. page. So okay, that's good. A, yeah. Yeah, I just use a tool like, like chat roll. Um, I would say there are probably more summits that don't have that than do, but it's something I try to get all my people to do because it just creates so much more engagement. Your speakers Mm -hmm. 
can come and see people caring about their presentation. The attendees can ask questions live. And even though it's a pre-recorded event, it gives it a live feel. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's huge. Actually, the most recent summit I hosted, we didn't do that. Instead, we on each presentation page, we linked to a thread in the Facebook group and was like, go ask questions and do stuff in there. And as much as nice as it was to not have to monitor chat boxes all day, we were missing so much engagement. So like that was a big takeaway for me. So if you have someone that can sit in chat boxes all day for you or, you know, it's something you're okay with doing, do that. Um, oh, yeah, so, yeah, I just want to really, I want to really drive that home because yeah. even as a speaker, it was a better experience to me. Like I find the ones yeah. that resort to a Facebook group um, pretty much like very little engagement, exactly like you said. And I've been on ones spe- uh, specifically like Lee Jackson's um, agency trailblazer event while my presentation was playing. I could not keep up. It was insane. It was so much fun. Just like trying to type as fast as possible to answer all these questions. Amazing. Like as a speaker, that was actually a really good experience. And I got to the end and I was just like leaning back on my chair, like, that was, that was intense. You know, it felt like a race, you know, (laughs) it was really cool. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to drive that home. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. It's cool to hear that you've had like a good experience as a speaker too, because I I like doing it, but I also feel like, you know, this is another requirement for my speakers. You have to show up at this time Mm -hmm. and do this thing. Even if I don't care what you look like or anything like that, it's still another requirement, but it's really cool to hear Mm. like from a speaker's perspective that it's a good experience. Cool. So I think that's really it then, isn't it? Like obviously that's a very high level overview of like all the steps. Um, Yeah. Do you have any tips on like how you would convert these people like as an agency, right? Like mm-hmm. how does that process work? So if you listen to all of my babbling about the getting the audience and topic, what I've seen with service based businesses is that it happens pretty naturally for the most part, right? Because they're there to solve a problem that you solve. And cool, there it is. Like I didn't mention this earlier, but every time I've run a summit for my development business, I've booked out my services six months in advance. Now I don't run an agency, it's just me. But that's pretty cool. You know, I mm. and I don't go in afterwards and like, you know, do a hard pitch. I'm like, hey, welcome from the summit. Here are the services I offer. Let me know if you're interested. And they are. Mm. Um, something cool I have seen some people do who maybe don't convert quite that easily or have a higher volume is like, uh, and this won't work for everyone, but they offer like a limited amount of like half day intensives for people to like get their feet wet and solve a really specific problem, which they can then use to use that half day intensive Mm. like four hour session or whatever to then book an ongoing package or a higher tier package or something like that. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. But from what I've seen for services, for the most part, you don't, have to go crazy you just hosted this awesome event they have come to trust you and what you do and you're solve, helping solve their problem it's a pretty natural transition mm. i think it, i don't know if you've tried this but it could even just be something like a ps that goes out on most of the emails you know like the old ps line can do a lot of good things to your business you know like i know people that yeah. literally just have a ps on their emails and that drives a ton of sales like this is just in general but i was just thinking applying that to a a summit you know it's like this is what we do uh click here if you're interested and want to have a chat yeah yeah and what you do should also just kind of be naturally infused throughout the entire event so like have the summit sponsored by your agency Mm -hmm. so they're seeing that over and over uh on the registration page 
have a video of you where you're very briefly mentioning what you do. Have a little bio section. Uh, During the summit, I teach, you know, do like a kickoff call, a live kickoff call before the event starts because it draws a ton of people. Start with an introduction. Like all throughout, you're kind of making sure they know what you do over and over and over so that when they figure out they need your thing, it's like, okay, you're the person. And also your presentation can be a big part of that as well. Like your presentation should very closely relate to what you're doing so that at the end, it's very natural to be like, by the way, you know, here's how we can help you. And then, of course, those people are on your email list and you should have yep. some kind of ongoing, you know, nurture campaign, whether that's a newsletter or something. Like, I find that's e- the easiest just, and this is totally off topic, but just like a weekly email or something or like yep. the, the, you know, weekly blog post that goes out to everyone. Um, you know, that's a very natural way to uh, convert people later down the track. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, yeah, use what you know converts for you like for summit in a box i know webinars convert for me so at the end of my summit i run a webinar for my development business i know that just kind of sending those newsletters like you Mm -hmm. said letting people know what i do when they need me i'm there and Mm -hmm. that has worked for me every single time uh if you don't know what converts best for you yet i would say just start with those simple emails once the summit is over here's you know here's what i offer here's how i can help you and go from there if you have hundreds or thousands of people who came to the summit that you targeted well it's going to be a natural transition for them yeah nice well so there's a lot to digest there and i just hope people are really thinking that this could be something big for their agency like i just see so many benefits here like not only you know booking up work but also like that whole specialization thing if someone's considering really diving in on one market this could just be such an easy well not easy obviously there's a bit of work in it but you know it's it's a great way to sort of punch through those barriers so if you had to go like if what are like a few things you wish you knew at the start if someone's you know shortcut something for for people listening yeah, so one of the things I really wish I knew easier was something we we mentioned earlier, but the importance of pitching speakers who have your very specific mm-hmm. target audience. So it took me three summits to figure this out, actually, which is kind of embarrassing. Uh, but there was, after my third summit, I was like, okay, why did this person get a $4,000 affiliate payout and this person got 50 bucks? You know, like, mm-hmm. what's the deal? So I went in my spreadsheet to all my speakers and sorted by affiliate payout, like how much they got, and noticed oh, the people I'm paying thousands of dollars and made me thousands of dollars target my specific audience. Imagine that. (laughs) And like, oh my goodness, I wish it wouldn't have taken me three summits to figure that out. And that was the difference between my third summit, where I hadn't figured this out yet, made $22,000. The biggest change I made between that and my fourth summit was pitching all the right speakers for the fourth one. Mm. That would made $60,000. So almost almost three times as much just because I got the speakers right. So I would say that is the biggest thing Mm -hmm. I wish I would have realized the first time. Part of that might have just been me being too much of a chicken to like reach out (laughs) to the right people as well, but it is very worth it. Yeah, nice. Cool. Well, there we go. Uh, Do you think there's anything else we haven't mentioned that needs to be covered? You know, I think we did a decent job on the process. I love the different pieces you dove into. And I don't want to, like, explode anyone's brains. I mean, I could sit here all day. But <laughs> yeah. Did a great job. Well, I was actually just thinking, you've written a really long, uh, awesome uh, post on this on our site 
quite a mm-hmm. while ago, which I'm still, you know, trying to get ranking. It hasn't been as simple as I thought it would be, but, you know, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> I ran across it on Google a time or two. Yeah, no, I, I, I monitor the ranking of it. But, uh, yeah, guys, I'll link this up in the show notes at agencyhighway.com slash 123. Um, but it's also at contentsnare.com slash virtual dash summit. If you just search Content Snare Virtual Summit, it comes up as well. Not quite if you just search Virtual Summit yet. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're getting they're getting more competitive these this uh, now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I'm noticing there's more tools out there. And um, oh, actually, no, it looks like well for me, it's showing up front page if you search. Yeah, it did Summit. for me last time too. Boom! There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Look at that very good. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's it, Krista. Thank you so much. Where can people go to learn more about what you do and and maybe even get help from you in setting up their summit? Yeah, you guys can find me at summitinabox.co. We have all all the resources over there. We have a podcast with uh, over 100 episodes at this point where if you're just like, I want to learn all the things, mm-hmm. you can go learn all the things. We got all kinds of free resources for you uh, from like a timeline planner that will like you enter the day you want your summit to start and it will calculate due dates for tasks for you, nice. a funnel roadmap, like everything you need we have over there. That is awesome, guys. Again, that was summitinabox.co. Yeah, and I'll link that up in the show notes as well, agencyhighway.com slash 123. Krista, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.